Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. I just want to start off this episode by telling the listeners the first thing you said to me when we jumped on our Zoom chat today. Sure. Do you want me to say what I said? Yeah, I want to hear you say it again. Okay, so listeners, I opened up the Zoom. Sarah Johnson was waiting in the waiting room. <laughs> yes. I, I admitted her. And then Sarah didn't have her headphones in yet, but she appeared on the screen. <laughs> And my jaw dropped. To the floor. It was, I dropped it to the floor. I was shook. And Sarah was like, I can't hear you. Ha ha ha. I don't have my headphones. (sighs) That impression is not it. It's not it. That's all I got to say about that. And then I said. (laughs) And then. (laughs) What's wrong with that impression? It's not an impression. Yes, it is. That's what's wrong with it. And then I said, you look so beautiful today. Yeah, guys, it was so nice. Yeah. That's so nice. I feel like it's the days when you don't think like you've done anything to look like gorgeous, gorgeous girl that someone's like, hey, you look good today. And you're like, oh. But do I ever compliment you like that? Oh my god, all the time. You'll be like, oh, cute. But I do to you too. I'll be like, oh, I love your like hair or your makeup. Yeah. Well, I just I was just gonna say, I just thought you like when you signed on, you were glowing and your the uh, yellow you're wearing really is like complimenting like your skin tone, your hair, everything. Really? Cause I thought the yellow kind of washed me out. No. But thank you, Purse. Um, my love languages are words of affirmation and quality time. And the fact that you compliment me sometimes and you spend a lot of time with me just makes me love you even more. Does your heart feel full now? Yeah, it felt really full when you were like, you look beautiful. Aw. I was like, so do you. And I was like, thanks. Yeah, you didn't take it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because it felt like a pity compliment. That's why. Yeah, it was like, your turn. <laughs> yeah, and then I said it, and you were like, inauthentic. I look like Spinelli. I have a bright orange hat. Yeah, you do look like Spinelli, and you've got, like, your rocker checkered pants on, and you got a turtleneck. You look really cool. No turtleneck. It's a, it's a crew. It looks like one. It's a July talk sweater. My bad. Whoops. Speaking of style, Sarah. Oh, when she's got a segue. Okay. Sarah's got the yellow top. I got the checkered pants and the crew. So who did we have on today's episode? Because clearly 
we were trying to embody our inner confidence and style, but the guest we just had on is all about that. It's really fun watching that segue happen. Um, yeah, the guest we have on, guys, is a cool-ass chick named Melina Mansing. And she was on the most recent season of Big Brother Canada, season 10. She was actually the first to be evicted from the house, which we talk about in detail in this conversation, and like what that feels like to be the first evicted and how she dealt with it, but also how it does not reflect like how awesome and cool and amazing she is. She's kind of like a Jill of all trades, you know what I mean? Like she is a content creator, she is a tattoo artist, she's a style icon. (laughs) in our opinion. And she, I would say, is like an interior design pro too. Like she's all about like designing really cool aesthetics. And she is also bisexual. Mm-hmm. And we talk in this episode about that label and how she's always used that label. But with more self-reflection, she's wondering if maybe her label is pansexual or if maybe she has no label at all. And we talk about like fluidity and all of that with her and she's super open and vulnerable. She's just a cool creator and artist who um, we had such a great conversation with. Yeah, and she's very real. And I know that's like, I wanna find a better word. So I wanna say like authentic, but then I feel like authentic is also overused. But the biggest thing I can really take away from like the conversation with Melina is just that girl has the coolest energy. Like she, you can really tell she just has so much inner confidence and she does talk about how some days she's not feeling so confident. But the one thing that's very clear, at least what I took away from this is that she really knows herself. And I find that so admirable. She's a Virgo. So she's definitely like has the Virgo energy too, which I love. But I really enjoyed this conversation. And Sarah and I also learned quite a bit about confidence and about tattooing. I don't know anything about tattooing, y'all. And Melina was very quick to tell us all the deets. Melina really wanted to talk to us about self-love and body positivity. And there's so many parts of like what Melina puts out there into the world that um, are like reflections of those things. Her style, her tattooing, how she shows up just in general her queerness and also um, being a woman of color, loving yourself for everything you are and being so sure of yourself, um, even on the days they don't feel confident. Um, And so we dive into all of that. We we talk about like BIPOC representation, queer representation, all the things. Um, And we hope you guys really love this conversation. If you want to connect with Melina um, and follow all her content, and see how great she is, you can find her at JustMelines, J-U-S-T-M-E-L-I-N-E-S. And who knows, she might pop up on another reality show one of these days. I feel like big this season of Big Brother was not the last we'll see of Melina. Hi, friend. How are you doing? I'm good. That's I'm good. Yeah, how are you guys? We're great. We're doing great. I'm over on PST time zone, so I just like finished my work day. The sun is still shining. God, I love that. It's pitch dark here, but it's okay. I know. I know. Yeah, it looks very bright in your place right now. Okay, good. It's <laughs> it's like ring light, other light. Oh, you look fabulous. And thanks for also taking the time. Like I know it's 8.30 right now and just we appreciate you like wanting to do this interview. Oh. 
I am uh, thrilled. I honestly do nothing most days, so. Persis stumbled across, was, was you stumbled across her Instagram or TikTok? No, TikTok. So I was just laughing because I told Sarah, I'm like, I literally just slid into Melina's DMs being like, hey, <laughs> so I love your vibe, saw your TikToks, your style is amazing. And then I did a little creep in and then saw you're on Big Brother Canada. And I was like, this would be like an awesome voice to have on the pod. And you were down. So I, I really appreciated that. Oh my God, of course. It was easy. Easy. Yes. <laughs> I was like, so that is how we ended up here. Yeah, your style is amazing. Also, we're both really obsessed with tattoos. And obviously, we're going to talk about your tattoos because you used to be a tattoo artist and your tattoos are amazing. I think, what are you at purse? I think I'm at nine, eight or nine tattoos now. They're all just like little, little ones, kind of like, they're all pretty much on this one arm is hiding from you. But I just, I don't want to, I just want to like cover it all up with tattoos at this point. Like it's- I want more on my arm. Yeah, addicting. that's for sure. Okay, Melina, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for any listeners who didn't watch Big Brother or might not know who you are. Okay, I don't even know when people ask me this question, I'm like, who am I? Like, no idea. Um, Amen. You know, I'm 29. My pronouns are she, her. Right now, currently, like, no job, trying to do this creative thing, but, you know, a little lost in that area, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. You're definitely not the only one. No, for sure. It's still figuring it out all the time. How did you get into TikTok? Well, I think I started TikTok when I was, like, starting to try to grow my tattoo page. So I have that TikTok, which I don't know if you got, if you have seen, but, um, and then I was just like, I'm chilling on this right now. And like, let's move to personal. And then we just started doing personal. Were you already creating on TikTok before Big Brother came around? Like, was that already a big part of your life? Yes, absolutely. Nice. I don't um, think I've been on TikTok since Big Brother yet. <laughs> I haven't even opened the app. I'm like, nope. Oh, no. Way. Really? Wait, why? Maybe I have. I can't remember. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe I have. Are you just taking a break? Um, I think like TikTok is uh, like this platform that you get trapped in. Like you get trapped in a lot of like social, but TikTok is the one where you're just on it. So like when I try to upload, it's really just like, boom, upload, close the app. Cause yes. I can get like, so yeah, that's why I actually can't remember. Cause it's so quick for me. Um, Cause it's just too entertaining. I'll be on so true. an hour like goes by and I'm like, what have I been doing? No, like my yeah. screen time on my phone is ridiculous. <laughs> it's got to go down, you know? You know what I actually did, sidebar, that I really liked? I'm more of an Instagram person than a TikTok person because I'm a boomer. But what I did is whenever I, I changed my settings, so when I post something on Instagram, which is very rarely – I don't get notifications. Like I don't get any like notifications or comment notifications. And I just feel like it's so refreshing. Kind of like you said, it's just, okay, I just want to put this out into the world because I want to put it out. Cool. I shared something, close the app and then not really like worry about checking in how many likes, how many comments, do, pe- do people care that I posted this? It's just like for you and only you. Exactly. Cause that's a huge part of social media. People, we, you get trapped into it especially if you're trying to make a lifestyle out of it. Yeah. It's like, that's all you're focusing on. You know what I mean? And you can't control it. There's no control of that, you know? That's so true. When it's your job as well. Like I'm in social media, like, and I sometimes absolutely like need a detox, but then I need to check in every day. And I'm like, can't. (laughs) I know it's your literal job. 
Um, Melina, what's your sign? I'm a Virgo. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Beyonce. <laughs> oh, okay. Virgo, Virgo, Virgo. Oh my God. Wait, like, what's your sun and your moon? Or no, sorry, so, you're rising and your moon. So I actually don't go into that because I don't know where I was like uh, born, like the time. Gotcha. So for me, I need it to be completely accurate. Um, so what I have to do is like go to the hospital, pay a fee, wait. And it's just like, I, it's too much work right now. Um, so I actually don't know. Wow. That would, you know, that would be really putting in the work though. Yeah. I know. Just, I just. I wanted to know so badly. I'm like, how do I get my birth certificate? You know what I mean? Cause they don't have a file anymore. Yes, girl. Honestly, I understand the work you put in by calling. <laughs> Me too. I would do but that. if you identify with Virgo, then that's more than enough. Like, that's what it is. I'm not surprised that I'm all Virgo, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not Oh, so you're very, like, so I guess you'd be, like, a very, like, grounded energy. You're very earthy. I feel, think so. Organized? Yeah. Organized? Like, too, it depends what it is, though. Yeah. Like, my house can be a mess, but it is technically organized. But anywhere else I go, it has to all be, like, this is where this goes. My sister and my dad are both Virgos, and they're very much like they're that. very Virgo, <laughs> very Virgo. Yes, it's more like anal. Like you're just anal on certain things. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the Virgo way. It's so nice when you really identify with your sign, though. When you're like, "Yeah, that's me." It helps me understand myself a little better. I'm gonna own it. <laughs> are we using it as like an excuse to be like, "Oh, this I did yeah. this because I'm a Libra." Yeah. Mm -hmm. No I like screenshot like Virgo means and I'll send them <laughs> to my partner and I'll be like, this is why. You know what I mean? It's not correct, but it's like, like it's correct, but it's not correct for me to do that. Yeah. But it's like, this is it. Like this is facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl, same. And I feel like every sign has their own like very distinct way. Like I'm an Aries and I think like I see so many Aries memes that are just so specific. I do the same thing. I'll send them to purse and be like, yeah, this is why I am the way I am. Yeah. 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 It's an understanding level. It's a good thing, I think. <laughs> For sure. I think so, too. Um, if you're comfortable, can you tell us? We're just going to dive right into it because we are a sexuality podcast. Tell us a bit more about your sexual identity. Are you part of the community? How do you identify? I am bisexual. But so I was reading the questions and I was like, then I was thinking, and I'm, I think I like actually don't do a lot of self-reflection. I think I need to do like way more. Um, cause some of the so. questions, you know, that are there, I'm kind of like, I like double think and I'm like, maybe this is this, you know what I mean? So there's also a chance that I could be pan, mm. but I just don't care. You know what I mean? But I think the only, the people who I've been with has just been this and this, you know what I mean? So right. I, I've been saying bisexual forever, <laughs> but if I really dive totally. deep, I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> so yeah well we talk on this pod all the time about labels and how there's a place for labels sometimes and sometimes there's not and sometimes it's better to just do away with the labels altogether for a lot of people to just identify as like queer and or just like part of the community in some way it's so much easier than having to like fit yourself into this little box that has like a letter over it like okay am i a b or a p like at the end of the day it doesn't actually matter and if we kind of get rid of the labels then it allows for more fluidity and more freedom in how we can do our self-expression or self um self-reflecting because self-reflecting i think is like a lifelong thing like it's not just like you'll oh, never I'm gonna, stop 
yeah, I'm not going to like reflect this year and decide I'm bisexual, not pansexual. Like it's evolving. So I think the fact that you're doing that self-reflecting in real time and being like, I don't know, it could be, it could be pan, it could be bi, like that's so natural. It's like humans. What, yeah. Like it doesn't matter. It's whichever it is, you know? A hundred percent. Did you have like any sort of coming out experience and or many experiences? Yeah, I, I did. It was, um, it wasn't like by choice. Like I have no need to tell people which I identify with. It doesn't matter to me. I, it just, you know what I mean? So, um, but I understand coming out is very important to some people, you know what I mean? But I also think that it should be non-existent. We shouldn't need to, do you know what I mean? Totally. It doesn't really matter, right? Like we're, we should be allowed to, whichever it is. Yes. Um, but I was, dating a girl and I it was my first girl that I was bringing home to my family so in my sense and I bring people like very free in my house like we I just bring people home but they have just been you know men (laughs) so I like called my mom I did a whole we called everyone and kind of just told them I guess and I don't know didn't really go I don't know what it it was kind of um like oh is this a phase or it was kind of addressed a little bit differently and I was just like either or like I don't care this is how she's coming y'all good with that you know what I mean but other than that it hasn't been initially like a thing for me um it's kind of like I was just letting you know did you you have like a moment when you like realized you were into this girl was it like a big thing in your head or was it always kind of like I just like this person and I'm not even gonna think it because like society's already just very heteronormative so I know for me I was always so in my head when I started to have feelings for women I was like I know this is okay but is this me so I'm just curious if you kind of had something similar to that I don't think I did I'm jealous All the girls who have ruined Princess's life. <laughs> I don't think I really explored women until like out of college, really, which was more interesting because I knew I was, but I just didn't really do anything about it. Um, so I guess like when I like moved to Toronto, there was just like more opportunity, I guess. And I was like, ooh, like, you know, and that was really it. And then just started dating and stuff. But were you on like dating apps with your profile set to women and men kind of thing? Or were you just like out in the world having a good time and open to whatever came your way? Yeah, no, I don't do dating apps. I don't have time for that shit. That's good for you. Uh, yeah, nice. good for you, girl. Um, I don't want to have to explain to you me over and over and over again. So it's kind of like whoever's in my realm, if it works, it works. But dating apps are not, not it for me. That's a really good way to explain. I don't know if I've ever like really been able to put into words like why dating apps don't work for me, but I think that's a, I've never thought of it that way. That is what it is. You match with all these people and you have to be charming slash explain who you are slash explain why you're like worth dating question mark. I'm using air quotes guys. It's like an interview. Over and over and over. (laughs) It's exhausting and it feels like so belittling. I know it's just it's too much even like dates like I've never been on a date where I didn't know someone ever really interesting I never put myself in that position why the hell would I do that (laughs) I don't disagree so no blind dates or anything like that nothing never 
Honestly, you know, I respect it. Relationships my whole life, but I've just never, no. Um, going back to when you were saying like before you moved to Toronto and also sidebar, I feel like this happens a lot. Like I guess we'll come on and talk and talk about like their experience of their sexual identity. And it's like when they moved to the city, that's when things became clear. And like urban centers are so important for the queer community. And I know we all know that, but I just wanted to like highlight it because I feel like it comes up so often. But before that point, you said you already knew that you were like queer in some way. How did you know that? Um, Was it just like a feeling? Yeah, I mean, women are like, like, you know, I just don't understand how people can't be attracted to women to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yes. But um, uh, I guess I just wasn't, I wasn't in the opportunity. I feel like maybe some people who have kind of dated, you know, mostly like cis males, right? Um, their whole life, it's kind of very different to go to women. Right. Um, like for some reason it's like nerve wracking. You know what I mean? Like any men, no problem. I'll talk to you like all night, you know? But like a woman, it's kind of like, it's, it's like scary. Like, you know, it's intimidating. You're like, why? <laughs> it's just something, it's like yeah. new territory. It's gay new panic. territory. Gay panic. We call it gay panic on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> gay Which panic? I've had many, yeah. many moments of gay panic. That's for sure. Gay panic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, um, <laughs> the nerves. It's the nerves. It's the um, internalized homophobia that like brings out because you're like, this can't be, this can't be right society told me like I'm not supposed to feel this way and then like panic ensues and also like yeah women are just gorgeous like as a straight girl I also do not understand how like I just every woman I see I think is so beautiful and it's not the same for men and obviously I'm you guys probably agree with me <laughs> nothing to men but it's just like I honestly have never seen a woman that I didn't think was like stunning yeah thank you <laughs> So we want to talk a little bit about the fact that you were adopted by your grandparents. We think that's really interesting. And I mean, like your growing up experience, it doesn't sound like it was super rooted in like figuring out your sexual identity. Um, like that was something that kind of just naturally there. And then you explored it as you as you got older. But being adopted by your grandparents, like how did that impact your growing up experience? Yeah, um, another thing about self-reflection. So like actually like when I was in Big Brother, there's like this thing, sorry, my bangs are crazy. Um, when you, <laughs> well, before you go, you go into this period of time, like seclusion um, and you're like alone without anything, you're trapped inside kind of thing. Um, and that's when I started thinking about my childhood, which was really weird because it's like, I, why haven't I thought about my childhood before? I kind of like, I block it a lot, like, um, that I didn't really notice I did. Um, anyway, so on top of that, it's kind of like, I haven't thought about my like life and how I was brought up until then, which is like a couple of months ago, like I'm 29. Like, how have I not thought about that stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, uh, I don't even know what your question was, but how was what, it? Yeah. Like being raised by your grandparents, did that impact your growing up experience as a whole? Like how was that? I think it, it is definitely, I could imagine a very different experience from growing up with parents. My mom was adopted by her grandparents as well. And she talks about how different it was from all the kids she went to school with. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, 
like I just don't remember school or my childhood very well mm. but I do know that um growing up with my grandparents showed me like a completely different side like I like know regardless of what I remember that I would be completely different if I didn't grow up with them but like, I know that, like, there was like this love that was there um mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have known like that's what love is and I've oh, never wow. even known that more than like in my life now if I were to like say if there was someone else like no one it's like for sure my grandparents you know what I mean yeah um, so that, oh. you know, that but my biological mother and stuff is still in the picture like we all that stuff but I moved in with her in grade eight or something oh cool so uh, <laughs> swapped over I don't know that's cool. Did you have a, and we don't have to dive into this if you don't want to, but did you have um, a relationship with her before that point when you moved in with her or was she a little bit absent? No, she wasn't. She was there, but I don't remember. So basically my mom has a twin sister. So my aunt, right? Yeah. So I, growing up, we just call, I just called them like my sisters. Like I just, I think all elementary, I was kind of like, these are my two sisters. Interesting. And then I don't really know what happened between. And then I kind of just moved on over and that was it. Right. And that makes sense because you would just be seeing your grandparents as like the parental figures really. Right. So. Right. Yeah. 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 I didn't really, I don't remember. I don't remember. I have really bad memory. It's bad. So do I. And sometimes when I think about like, why can't I remember this I'm like am I suppressing something like I'm not suggesting that you are <laughs> oh, I just swear because I'm like how can you not remember this stuff you know like it's crazy I mean that's why therapy is so great because we can you know like peel the layers off a little bit and be like hey what was actually happening right but th- that's interesting it's like an interesting way to grow up it's it's unique yeah I'm very 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 grateful I don't think I've shown that to them or, you know, my mom now, but I will eventually. <laughs> Aw, maybe they'll listen to this and they'll yeah. feel the love. She won't know how, but it's all good. <laughs> Tech is not her thing. At Girl X Girl Podcast, here's the link. That's right. <laughs> we'll, in, yeah. we'll send her the link directly. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did you grow up, though, before you moved to Toronto? Oakville. Ooh, Oakville. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oakville. I was born in Mississauga and then Oakville and then Milton and now here. I went to school somewhere in the boonies, but yeah. Okay, you bounced around the GTA. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Toronto. Did that change your world? Like it changed our worlds when we moved there? I guess. I guess so. I got like my first real job, like, oh, job, job, you know, like a nine to kind of thing. Like, I think I just worked in like industry, like hospitality and, you know, that's yeah. all it is, but, you know, but the actual study yeah. schedule. So I think it would def- definitely change. Yeah. Like I haven't left. So yeah. What's your favorite thing about living in Toronto? Yes. Yeah, I thought about this and I honestly feel like I don't, you, I might not utilize Toronto to how, well, I guess it doesn't matter, but I don't really know what my favorite thing about Toronto is. It's hard to pick. It is. There's a lot. I remember when I, so my favorite area is Little Portugal. And I remember when I moved away from Toronto for the first time, I was like writing in my journal about what I missed about Toronto. And the number one thing I missed was like the little corner markets 
in like little Italy, little Portugal that have like the flat, like all the flowers and the produce, like for some reason that, and that's a very like city kind of thing, like New York kind of thing. But that was like the number one thing that just like flew out of my pen that I missed. Like those little things, I think. The college the character <laughs> specifically. College street market specifically, shout out. <laughs> college and Montrose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those, are, those are like definitely a huge like favorite as well it's just so like simple everything is there and it's like it's nice and it's small and yeah absolutely yeah girl yeah let's talk about big brother a little bit <laughs> we knew it was coming uh first of all congrats though like first of all congrats on getting on the show that's huge <laughs> you were on the 10th season I was what inspired you to apply did you, like, did you watch Big Brother growing up? Was that a thing for you? Yes, that was, like, our nice. fam, fam show, HDTV stuff, you know, all of that. TLC, um, and then I guess Global just came in on that. Um, apply, apply. I'm not really sure. I always check in from time to time. Um, only on Big Brother, though, for some reason. And I was talking about it with a friend, and they were kind of like, you're probably good at TV. And then I, like, searched up Big Brother, and then it was, like, two days left for applying so I was like okay hey, I woke up the next day and I applied um but then I just found out that that actually that like application was actually up since like the summer no way like, oh my god yeah that's what one of um the alumni told me and I said oh my god I had no idea so people have waited like months you know what I mean so it's like I would have not been able to handle that but I was like last minute wow so yeah how was, did you apply was it a video it's a video and then a lot more. It's like a four-month process. What? I don't even know if I'm supposed to say. I've signed a lot of contracts. Got it. Freaking thing. You mean like um, even to like get on the show? It's like that amount of time to like, I guess like interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a lot. Damn. Oh my Whoa. god. Whoa. So it's so it's a big chunk of your life that you're preparing for this show. Yeah, and then you prepare. <laughs> be away for also the chunk of the show you know what I mean so yeah. like, we're evicted in the first couple of weeks is kind of like well fuck you know what I mean like you're completely like I was prepared to be gone for like three months you know what I mean that's like right everything. you drop your job you drop everything your your that's whole true. life has to be dropped <laughs> you know so what I mean there's no other way totally like I I actually didn't even think of it like that but it's true because Sarah when we talked to Kiki too remember he when he got onto 20 somethings, he had to quit his job because his job was like, you can't like, <laughs> like, yeah, we can do it was it. a huge risk. It was a huge risk for a show that that shot for only like, I think two months or less. And you just have to drop everything. And that's a lot of pressure and a lot of risk. And then you go into the show. And for anyone who hasn't been watching, you were one of the first evicted or the first? The first. The first. <laughs> what was... Okay, honestly, good for you for even getting on the show. Like, Lord knows neither of us would even get to the show. So yeah. first the props, but how did that feel to be the first evicted? Yeah, it was, uh, it was shit for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like truly still believe that I can win that game. Like, it, that must be a Virgo thing. But like, I just, <laughs> I was like, no, I have never in my life felt so unconfident than I did when I walked through those doors it dropped I've never felt that way before like I was just like uh, like cut 
you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it was very weird. It took me a, it took me a, like a time. So once I was put up on the block for like, you put two people up for eviction, um, the relief was gone. And then I was back to my normal self. It was like, okay, now we got a rally, but obviously it didn't work. But yeah, it was just not myself completely screwed up. Mm, that's why to be in that position though. Right. Like to feel those regrets, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, it's, it's an experience that you can learn from learn what <laughs> I don't know that there she's salty she's like don't even go there I'm trying to come in with like the positivity I'm like it's an experience well but I have a question what do you think like and and there's probably like a lot of self-reflection that has to happen for these kind of things but what what do you think happened like what do you think caused that confidence drop that you've never felt before was it just like the grandiose of like a tv show like was that part of it I don't know. Um, I have like no problems with cameras. None of that was an issue. Like, right. um, so I don't, I have no idea. I think honestly, I might have to say a little bit of COVID because of how secluded I've been, especially through the whole process. Cause I was so anal on like not getting COVID for this process that I like, like didn't go anywhere for this many months. You know what I mean? So, right. and I also have just turned into this homebody now and I never used to be like that. So me walking to a house with like 15 other people and it's just like, oh man, like I, I don't know. And I never wear dresses either. It was all just like, fuck, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like shit. Um, so it, that, it just, I don't know. It just screwed me. That's relatable though. I think anyone listening after COVID thinking about having to go into a, essentially a situation where you're living with like 15 roommates, I, I don't think anyone would be their like true self. I know it's weird though because it felt like everyone else was <laughs> like they were doing their job and I was like here in the room alone like what is going on but you only you don't even have 24 hours you know what I mean it's like literally you're in and then I was up on the block the next day like there's was no that... time oh, it was that fast yeah girl that's tough I know like there's not even you know you just can't you just can't it has to be like from the moment you walk in that door your game is on and <gasps> So, so thrown off. Yeah, you didn't have any time to like acclimatize to the situation. Nothing, nothing. It's crazy. Like, are you gonna apply to the next season, or can you get back on this season? <sighs> no, I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. But <laughs> I was praying. I'm like, you like it's season ten. Like, bring me back. But it won't work that way because we've seen everything. They would have to have like hidden me again. You know what I mean? Uh... Um, so we're hoping like they're just gonna call me back. Even how crazy of that experience it was I would still go back which is like it's That's such a weird right. thing because like I feel like a lot of people get evicted they're like this was traumatizing like it you come home and you're like mentally and physically unwell doesn't matter how like short or long you've been in there you're just like you're you're very unwell um so to say to go back and do it all over again is like crazy at the same time you know what I mean and just there's you can't like, like explain it if you haven't been in that house <laughs> um maybe you have like the motivation though I feel like I would have this little fire in me that maybe would be like okay I want to come back just like even stronger because I went through that had that confidence drop but I don't know maybe it's a little bit of that too I agree I well agree. it also shows you're resilient like I think also not only are you physically and mentally unwell but you're also like 
probably has, have your like your ego's bruised. You kind of have like your tail between your legs a little bit. I think a lot of people would be too scared to even put themselves out there in that vulnerable space again. But the fact that you're like, no, get me the fuck back in there. Like I can win this fucking game. Like that kind of shows a little bit of your Virgo energy. And also it's just like you're resilient. You're going to bounce back. I think that's telling. Thank you. Resilience <laughs> is very important. <laughs> it really is. It is, especially if like you, like, like you said, like you have no problem in front of the cameras. If you're someone who you, and you're a creator, like if you want to be like, if you want to be someone that people watch, you kind of have, you have to be resilient. You have to have a thick skin and, and be ready to keep going and keep working. Yeah. Well, it's also scary that that TV presence and like the, the backlash of it all, like what people say and stuff like that. So it's almost like that's what I took out of it being like, you know what, maybe this was a blessing in disguise, essentially. Like if I was there for longer, I would have got like shat on by Twitter. You know what I mean? Like that's just what people do. You know, yeah. like, like this is what happens, right? Like everyone judges, but it's like a lot, you know, people say like awful things. It's like, how do you guys not realize first, this is TV. Second, we're literally a human being. Like what you're watching is not everything. It's just, you know, it's a lot for people. So, so people were hate. So there were like Twitter haters. Um, yeah, I didn't, I don't have Twitter, but I like some people. Yeah. I just, that platform's a no for me, but, um, (laughs) I've seen some things and it's like, you know, I'm gone and I won't come back. So it's like, that will eventually end. But people who are week on week on week, um, it does like people had charts and was like, get a facelift and put like the heads of like the people in there. It was really bad. It's Twitter's really bad for that stuff. I think. Why Crazy, do you right? like this? I don't understand. I don't understand. I would never like, not even when I was in high school, I would never do that. It's like, they're not trolls are like a different being. It's, it's cause they're like behind a screen and they're like, okay, no one's going to see, but it still takes a certain person to actually like stoop to that. Absolutely. Cause we can all think something. But to actually do that and present it is like a whole other story. To like sit down and make a chart. That's also all of their insecurities coming out. I think internet trolls are probably the most insecure people out there. You know, they must be. be. (gasps) Yeah, maybe it's a blessing in disguise then. You know, it also mind boggles me in terms of like when people are doing that on on women who are like very confident. Like... What in your right mind would you ever shut down a woman who's confident? I don't care what it looks like to you. You know what I mean? Whatever that confidence is, like never. And it just, it boggles me. It's not appropriate. So. No, it's not. And it's not okay. And I think anyone who's been in like a reality show kind of setting has to deal with that online hate. Like it's every show. Yeah. It's social media period. You know what I mean? Like anyone who puts, uh, has a profile is, you know. It's so true. Yep. Yeah. If you could be on another reality show, do you think it would be Big Brother? Do you th- Is there another reality show you really like? Uh, anything that doesn't have to involve me like milking, like, or not milking. Why do I use that word? What is that word? Like, um... What's the, will help. What's the um, like dumb down version? To, like, talk to people, like, like, like valid, like, um, you know, like having just like making relationships and stuff. Oh my Ooh, god! So you wouldn't do the circle. Yeah. Um, no, because I'm in a solo room. I can do this all day. Oh, actually, yeah, that's true. Because you, so, yeah, you're yeah. alone. 
like big brother is like i need to make relationships like fake relationships with people that is the game you know yes. what i mean like, so that's what got me kicked out because i was like <laughs> like why do you need help like i can't do that and i should have <laughs> like faked it but that was really hard for me to do okay but you were uh, just being you yeah yeah so i don't know what that word is like draining i don't know what i was trying to say but uh, yeah, yeah. I, can't think of it. I know i'm i'm sorry no, it's all good. We, pff, we're we not very good with words on here for two people who run a podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. No, okay. But that makes sense. Like having to physically interact with people is a lot. It's exhausting. It's really hard work. And a lot of us just aren't good at it anyway. And then COVID happens and we all suck at it 10 times more. Like we're all behind screens right now. And I guarantee it's 10 times easier for us to be chatting with each other and like getting vulnerable in any sense. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think it would be like the challenge, probably. I was going to say the challenge. Just calm. Ooh. I just want physical stuff. Like, that's what I went there for, Big Brother. I wasn't there to do this. I wanted to play. Um, but I obviously had to do both. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I know that you have a partner because you said it earlier, but Love is Blind would be kind of perfect for you because you're in a pod, isolated, and you're just like... Oh man, sometimes I watch that, the things I would say to those people, <laughs> I was so cringe. Like, oh, sometimes I'm just like, I don't know, that, like that season, that last season, no. Like, no. Oh my God. Even the I, reunion, just, I just keep thinking uh, of like Shake and like his comments throughout the entire thing. What he said to Vanessa, I was like, this is insane. <gasps> Why that was not? wild. It was insane. But also, if I'm a t if I'm a reality TV producer, like he's the dream. I know, I know. <laughs> he's like the perfect villain. Yeah, it's just insane. It's insane that he just like kept going, and you're just like, is this still happening? <laughs> yeah, you're like, just just take a cue. But I mean, at the same time, it makes good TV. Yeah, I'm excited for like the two year, one or two year reunion. Mm-hmm. I want Shake to be in like a committed relationship where he realizes all the things he did wrong. Shake, if you're listening, that's my hope for you. <laughs> He'll be our next guest. Let's get Shake on the pod. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> we should get Shake on the pod and then have Melina like phone in, like phone a friend and she'll be like, I have some questions for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go down the list for a second. <laughs> oh my God, crazy. Back to your tattoos, because we talked about them earlier, and we just want to talk about them again because they're so great. And obviously, guys, if you're listening, you can't see Melina, but you can go to her her socials, and we'll drop them all in the show notes, and we'll drop them at the end, and you can see all the great tattoos. And you used to be a tattoo artist, but you're not anymore, right? I'm just, like, on a hard, long break. I like that. Mm -hmm. We respect that, yes. BRB, you know what I mean? I feel you. Did you ever do stick and poke or was it mostly tattoo gun? That's what I was doing, hand, hand poking. Cool. Yes. How did you get into it? Um, we just, uh, I like don't want a boss ever. Um, so I wanted to try to find a way how to be self-employed. And that at that time was the only way I thought I knew how. And mm -hmm. that's basically why I started to be honest. That's cool. Were you already kind of artistic and into like drawing and stuff like that? I am sports. I grew up like sporty. I'm so athletic. 
Ooh. Um, but it's like, you know, like we did art, but we didn't do art. Um, so honestly, the most art creativeness I have is now is like 2022. That's so cool. Insane. And not saying I didn't like art, but it was uh, definitely wasn't something I normally practice. I was like going to volleyball practice. You know what I mean? Was volleyball your main sport? Yeah, it was like basketball and then volleyball. <gasps> what position did you play? In volleyball? Yeah. Well, we did beach a lot. I feel like it was just a lot. Beach Ooh. is kind of like a lot of just like shuffling around. Um, and then I like played in college, but like I didn't play. Like I'm not like good. I'm just like athletic. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a starter by any means. <laughs> I'm the same. That's exactly how I describe myself. I'm like, I love sports, but you're not seeing me on the starting lineup. No. No, we're not going there. I'll sub in if you need, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. But I do enjoy, you know what I mean, like that physical side of it. Um, and that's why oh. I was so excited with Big Brother, I think, because I was like, cops, like something physical, you know what I mean? And I like barely got to do that. And it was like, that was more frustrating. Right. Know? Yeah. Totally. I feel like sports and tattooing kind of have like a little bit of a link, like just in terms of being athletic and moving your body and being so in touch with your body. I have a friend who does hand poke and she is a dancer. And so the big reason why she started hand poking was because she's so obsessed with like movement and how the body, just the body in general. And so putting things on the body was really like fascinating to her. Does tattooing have like a deeper kind of meaning for you in any way that like relates to the body or anything else? Yeah, I mean, um, I completely understand what you're saying, for sure. You, I don't think I've ever realized how much the body, like, moves in that sense, right? And you will once you're placing something on a body, you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's just, like, a very, like, intimate process. Um, just on a one-on-one, and you're just, like, instantly contacting with someone who you've never met, you know what I mean? Um, so it's really nice in that sense, and it's almost like therapeutic on both sides on like client and artist side um because you're just talking what else you got to do we're just yeah, a few hours you know I mean? so you get into these like really deep combos which is kind of nice so I think a lot of artists enjoy like other than just like their work and their art is like having their that client relation um yeah you know, it's really nice <laughs> yeah and the thing about hand poke, like, guys, if anyone listening who has never got a hand poke tattoo, it's so different from a tattoo gun because it is just a needle individually putting little tiny pokes into your skin. And so it's it takes longer. Um, it's like um, there's no – like, you know how the tattoo gun is like a constant kind of like white noise kind of thing? With hand poke, there's no excess noise. It's a very like – you have to be very close to the skin and like it's – poke after poke after poke after poke it's so intimate yeah it's very intimate I do like want to recorrect you on a few things please do um just in terms of like it actually is the exact same thing the only difference is the mechanics of it right you know, entering the skin and everything like that and like closeness is like completely determined on the human yeah um you know what I mean but uh either or I think both both methods are intimate. Um, there are machines without noise and essentially. Cool. Like, sorry, I'm an educator in the tattoo thing. And that's like, I don't know. I don't know. No. I make sure that you know, it's like. <laughs> Listen, we are here to be corrected. And I all I know about tattoos is that I've got some. So I really know nothing. That's good to know. And I would never want to put down like 
tattoo gun tattooing. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. But just like making or like making sure that like both have their place. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just saying the process is the same. The same needle. Everything is like literally the same. The the depth of the skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just different technique. So. So cool. Do you have a favorite tattoo? Yeah. I was going to ask what was your favorite? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think probably like my chest one, I think, but I don't really like think about it usually, but I like, I think this one. Ooh. I think this one was like I got it for me specifically it was on like my birthday like I don't know maybe like oh. that was why but yeah I'm gonna say that cool one. you guys can't see it but and I'm not even gonna try to like describe it perfectly but it's like a collarbone it's like all across your collarbones it's so beautiful Thank you. collarbone tattoos are really cool purse yeah, you should pretty. think about that <laughs> I feel like you could rock I, one maybe I do want to get more I want to get more on my arm just kind of like scattered about but yeah what was your first tattoo mm, my my last name it's gone now of <gasps> oh you got oh. rid of it it's covered up got it well, I, I mean feel- it's such a millennial thing to do there's a lot of 1992s that uh or, or um that have their last name on them which I don't know why it's like oh yeah do you think we're gonna forget or something so <laughs> <laughs> my um my brother-in-law I'm outing him I I don't he doesn't listen to this pod but um he has his last name across the top of his back like a jersey (laughs) Adam no shade but (laughs) no give him yeah or he yeah he's like a 90 1990 baby yeah very millennial something about it I don't know what it is I don't know why we did that like I don't understand and then a lot of your content is based in like style and fashion. Like if you go to your IG feed, your TikTok, like you're always showing like outfit of the day kind of content and your style is so cool. How do you feel like clothes help you express your own self-love or your own um, body positivity? Um, gosh, I like, I think it's like proven that clothes can really like change your day completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, yeah, I guess like my social is on clothes. I don't know why though. I don't have a reason why. It's kind of just like, this is maybe something that I could do essentially. Um, But in terms of like body positivity and self-love, it's honestly just feeling good with whatever you want to wear, you know? Like, I feel like people ask me like, how, you know, do you get into this or do you get into colors and stuff? And it's kind of like, just stick with what you feel comfortable. Like if you're comfortable in a tight tank, then go from there and like find every tight tank you can find. You know what I mean? Right. But like for me, it was like always baggy, like has to continue to be baggy. And that's the one way I will feel completely comfortable. So it's like, how do we play on top of that? Right. I guess. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, that's probably. Cool. I have a question that's kind of, that's not on our list of questions that I'm just curious about. We talk a lot on the pod about like, um, especially for queer women, like aesthetics, from the hair to the clothes to the makeup and how like the world decides that the way you dress equals how you identify sexually. How like how does that factor in, especially as someone especially as a queer woman who loves baggy clothes? Has that ever crossed your mind of like how queer women are supposed to dress? I'm using air quotes, um, and how that like relates to how you show up in the world? 
Sometimes I think about it. Um, I don't think it personally affects me because I think I've dressed like this forever. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That's what I see it as. Um, but like, you know, the, the shit that's in now, it's like, man, like I've been doing this for, you know what I mean? This baggy thing, this has been me. You're like, this yes. is yeah, You yeah. set the trend, girl, you set it. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, that was just something that made me feel comfortable because I sweat a lot and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So it's like baggy is just the way to go. Um, but no, I do understand how people can see, like how people can think that, you know, just by that look of someone that may be there, whichever. Yeah. Um, but that's just incorrect. You just cannot like state that way, but that's what yeah. we're getting out of essentially, right? Exactly. Working through it slowly but surely. It's getting there. <laughs> yes. Do you also yeah. thrift? I f- do you like thrift? Yeah. Love thrifting. Well, I do. What's your favorite thrift shop in Toronto? Shout out moment. Probably, oh, but I don't want to give them my details. No, I'm just kidding. True. <laughs> don't give away your sources. No, no, no. Probably um, Vintage Outlaw. Where is that? Um, it's at the end of, it's like in Kensington, but it's like right at the end. Um, and that's like the only one I go to usually if I'm in Kensington. Oh, nice. Um, run by female and then solo like i feel like she's always in there alone actually i might be sorry i actually might not know their pronouns by any means so i might be incorrect but that's all good re, um, i can check that um yeah. but yeah it's just the clothes are just i don't know i just everything in there is great so that was probably my favorite but i do go to a lot um a personal fave of mine while we're giving shout outs house of vintage in parkdale have you been there yeah Expensive. i have the jeans, the it's denim. Pri- it is pricey. I actually went there like last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta go to public butter. You're right, guys. Yeah. If you're on a budget, don't go to house vintage. Yeah, no. I stepped in and I was like Mm-mm. I know. I always go in and I'm just like, no, but it's beautiful in there. You know what I mean? Like it's just you know you're coming out with like decent clothes. Yes. And they have the best men's t-shirt collection. It's just like rows and rows and rows of like amazing vintage tees. And they're unisex. Like I'm saying men's just because it's in the men's section of the store. But love to thrift. <laughs> We're thrifty up in I'm here. I'm going to go to the one in Kensington. That's so close to me. I'm, I'm honestly going to go. You should. I mean, Kensington has like tons. So many. Yes. Mean, but Vintage Outlaw, I swear. And like if you just find their Instagram because they're ours just like when you open and yeah um what's your background by the way Ooh, i am trinidadian and i'm chinese nice people say filipino a lot oh you got oh interesting a lot like that's all i get but i think it's because it's the skin tone Mm. uh you know what i mean like it's a little bit darker so they go filipino yeah Um, i think but yeah chinese and trinidadian how much was your culture like a part of your growing up? Like, were your grandparents on the Chinese side or the Trinidadian side? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're like, <laughs> it's so much more mixed than that. That's just kind of normally what I say. Right. Um, my biological father has never been in the picture. I do not like who? Um, <laughs> he is Trinidadian. So that whole side of the family. And I've only gotten contact with them like once I was in college or like when I turned 18 or something okay. um, so we I've never been there I've never the only thing I know that I'm Chinese for like dancing 
like that instant groove is just like in me. Yes. Um, but in terms of culture, in terms of like everything else regarding that, I have nothing. They all have an accent. Oh my God. And I just was not, I was, so I guess the Chinese side, but also the Chinese comes from Trinidad. So. Right. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom's from England. So oh, she's cool. Canadian, so we have, there's a lot in there. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a big mix. Does she have like a British accent? She does. Oh, we think she does. Like, you know, she's been here for a while, but uh, def- definitely. That's so cool. Do you feel like as you're getting older, you're maybe thinking about like connecting with your, your roots a little bit more, especially like your Trinidadian roots or is it not really on your no, mind? Absolutely. Like that's a, it's a must. It's a must. I just haven't, I guess I just haven't like engaged. Um, and honestly, it's really been hard for me to like, bring in another family because I've like my whole life has been this one family so like when I go home for Easter I don't have time to go to another Easter or I don't make time because I haven't lived my life that way so we're in contact with some people who are in Toronto but you know like the grandmother on that side and stuff like love her to pieces but it's very hard for me to be like pick up the phone be like hi because I have my mom's I gotta call you know what I mean and it's just it's a lot of course it's a lot. And once you've spent a number, I feel like it's easier maybe when you're a kid and you're just like malleable and you're, you're kind of being told where to go, but you're a grown ass adult who has lived a lot of life. And so it's, it's like, am I going to change my, my habits and my way of life now? I mean, it's a process, but it is a process, but we will, I would love to go to Trinidad. Yeah. That would be incredible. I know it'll be really nice. And uh, I think like when dad passed, I think he like wanted to do one like last trip training and like he never did. Oh, and wow. we haven't done that and like it's a lot. So it's like, it'd be good to go. We gotta go. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be like a spiritual experience. I think so too. Yeah, you gotta do it. Now that things are opening up, maybe next few years. I know, I was gonna say next few years. I'm still very COVID cautious. Oh, like, I'm terrified. Know. Because everyone's like getting COVID now. Literally everyone this week has been getting COVID. And I'm I'm supposed to go to Mexico next week though. So yeah. I'm putting out so much good energy. Like do not get COVID, please. You're not going to. They I'm knocking on wood. Um, but one thing we actually wanted to talk about is that we talk about representation probably every single episode. And as a BIPOC artist, what does representation mean to you? Mm, this is a hard one yeah I think because when I think about this um I feel like I don't physically put that out there if that makes sense or not even physically you know how even like let's just say social media and in their bios you know a lot of people have like addressed exactly what they represent right and that's not something I ever have done not because I'm not proud of anything it's because I feel like I don't need to I feel like whatever I do in my work and showing myself already checks that box do you know what I mean but I also feel like I feel like I miss um doing that more like I feel like I should also do it more you know what I mean um but for some reason I just want to be represented as like me as a whole and not have to include other things Mm -hmm. not that it's not me but it's like it's just one whole you know what I mean it's already included for sure I feel like that's I've never really yeah yeah. You've never thought about it because you're just showing up as your authentic self. It's, it hasn't been like 
like the prime thing you're putting forward to people, for example, in your bio. But that is part of what representation is. Like it's having someone just their whole self be be visible and then to have other people who might look like you or identify like you see that and they're like, oh, she's just like showing up as her whole self. I could do that. And it's not even it's not like, oh, she's she's talking about how amazing it is to be BIPOC necessarily. It's just like I see her doing a thing and I see her on Big Brother. How fucking cool is that? Like I could do that maybe. I think that's a huge part of what rep is. And like even when it comes to queerness, Persis has talked on the pod a lot about seeing just like femme fem presenting queer girls out in the world, not even not even BIPOC, and being like, oh, I can look femme and I can be queer. Didn't know that. Now I know that exists. Exactly. Yeah, my mind was blown at like when I was like 20, I was like, oh, that can happen. It's yes. just wild. People, they just need to be someone who looks like them or like yeah. looks like what they want to be inspired like in. And uh, it's like, good, great. But it's also yeah. and stuff like people like literally go to people now, not even for their art, for the human. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to whatever you want to do, like, I will take it essentially mm-hmm. not like it's like okay that's a check you know for me if someone is doing that it's like okay I've represented in some sort of way that they can connect to and yeah totally. or, you know I'm putting out there which is really nice yeah for sure when you were growing up was there any representation either like BIPOC or even queer that you saw out there in the world that you were like oh cool I identify with that I don't think I, I don't think I do but I I don't I just don't think that way I don't know if that's a bad thing, um, but no, not at all. something yeah. I've ever like searched for, I like, I always kind of say this, like I was very, very blessed with knowing myself from like a young age. And that is like a huge blessing because people work for that their whole lives. Yeah. You yep. know what I mean? And it's just none of that ever was an issue. It's kind of like, this is just what it, you have to deal with. Your energy is like, I love it. You have that inner confidence and, and you can kind of tell, I feel like even just you coming on right from the get-go, I feel like you could just tell you've, you've had that even as like a kid. It's just very natural to you. Okay. I'm glad I'm like, really, cause I'm, I just, I feel like I have, I explain this sometimes or like maybe sometimes in like DMs people ask about like confidence and stuff and you know how to explain it's kind of like I just don't know I feel like it's just been there you know don't get me wrong some days I'm like not you know good but in general it's kind of like it is what it is right Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a knowing and even when you were talking about your queer experience you were like I just knew like what do you mean girls are hot like I just knew that I that that was a part of me and it didn't have to be like a big reveal it was just kind of like a knowing exactly like why does this matter to you do you have any and this might be hard for you to answer because it is just something you were born with but do you have any advice for anyone who is like struggling to find that inner knowing and that sense of like being like grounded in yourself for maybe how to find that thing that you've just like naturally had since you were born yeah I've had like talks with people on social media just like we know we don't know each other and we've talked about it it's it's a very hard conversation because it's almost like where is because naturally i feel like you know people aren't unconfident in everything you are definitely confident in something 
right? So it's like, what areas of your, when you're not confident, um, like, what is that, right? So you have to find whatever that area is regarding, you know, like if it's body, if it's work, if it's anything like that, like find whatever that is. And then I don't like, I honestly like, don't know. We went, we were in like a, an hour long conversation with, you know, audio notes and audio notes, um, like yeah. kind of dissect, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's really just in you, like you, you got to figure that out personally. Like I can't really tell you, you know, like people are just like confidence, like that's all you need. You know what I mean? But it's like, I don't know how to yeah. find that. Like, I know it's hard. Confident. Just change the mindset. Just like literally change it. Yep. And that takes time. Right. But I think that's like the best thing is to be like, just to shift your perspective and maybe like do unlearning, I think is a big one. And yeah, it's changing your mindset. I think it's also good advice to like focus on the stuff that you're already confident in or the things you like. I think some people might be listening and they might be like, well, I can't even think of the shit that I'm confident in, but it might just be the thing you love doing most. Like for you, for example, you love style. And so you're like, why don't I just start creating like fashion content? Because I love it. And your confidence shows through in it because you like it. That might be like a good place to start. Absolutely. Because I can say I'm not confident in a lot of things. Like even work. Like I am so over and over. Like confident as a creative and confidence as an artist, I don't have. But confidence in me as a human being, yes. You know what I mean? So it's like right. what is more important to you? You know what I mean? Like if you want your body confident, then how are you going to get that? But you also don't need it. You, you also can just emerge in what you're already confident as and that is going to bring everything else out you know what I mean yeah <laughs> one could like eclipse the other a little bit absolutely that's cool I like that perspective I think I'm actually I'm gonna take that with me yeah me too me too I like that yes thank you so much thank wise you, words so much. Melina <laughs> <laughs> we really needed you for like a therapy session that's why we had you on no, yeah I that's <laughs> I was like yeah, we talked about Big Brother. We're like, yeah, she's cool, great style, she's queer, but but seriously, how can we be best. more confident? <laughs> yeah, confident. No, it's it is important though. It's like on the days you feel unconfident, it's really hard. Like that was me yesterday, and it's just like it mm. just goes in a whole circle. You know what I mean? Um, it's messy, but resilience. Yes. Fuck yeah. That's the Resilience is the key word of this interview. Um, we only have a few more cues for you. We wanted to touch on this because we thought it was so interesting. In your big brother intro, you mentioned that you wanted to adopt. Oh my God. That's so funny. I haven't even watched those intros. <laughs> we did some dig it. Listen, we had to prepare. We prepped and we were like, uh, love that. So you, you said you wanted to adopt a little girl. Whether that's still true or not, we were just wanted to talk about it and like ask you what it is about motherhood that like excites you the most to make another me like oh yeah, yeah. it's inevitable oh, my god like let me raise you to be like i just i want to very badly it's, it's, it's i've always wanted to like i would have done it when i was 20 if i had the funds like it's not even a question right um, still don't have the funds still didn't win big brother so <laughs> You know, um, but that's like a must, must, must. Um, it's something I struggle with because I'm also, I'm usually in a relationship. The partner I've been with has been like two years now. Yeah. Um, but there is a part of me that's happy to do it. Just, you know, me, me and her. Right. I got like, that. No problem. You know what I mean? Um, cool. I just don't have the money. Like,
like we just need a job Melina we gotta you know should we start like a GoFundMe or something like <laughs> yeah, a joint GoFundMe <laughs> help Melina help adopt a child <laughs> help Melina uh, adopt a child her dream <laughs> um I've been through the starting process um I was not ready I thought I was ready but I wasn't um so we had like a start interview and all that stuff and uh they don't the 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 society I want to say society but that might be the wrong term but Mm -hmm. it's essentially like it doesn't really matter if you're a single mom whichever whichever like where you're coming from um it's kind of like really it's it's the funding it's like making sure that you are able to you know sustain a child of course Totally. Um, and there's a lot of weird rules and stuff that you don't really think of, but yeah, I'm just would love to like get back into that process, but I got to make sure it's all ready to go. I yeah. just want to be a young mom, you know? Yeah. I get that too. Yeah. I, I, I could see why. Like you want to be a Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be cool soon, you know, like <laughs> you think, but it's just like, sometimes like, even like with my parents, like, man, you're like older now, you know, like you're, you're older, like. <laughs> Like, you listen we're basically the same age so you're not old not you <laughs> my parents oh oh okay <laughs> when I said your name no. I thought you were saying that you were old and I was like we're the same age so oh, oh, no, my, my parents my parents grew, <laughs> like I, my mom was young you know what I mean and then right. like, now it's like oh my god we do we do age like we are going to get into out of touch with you know gen z and all that stuff no, oh, forever yeah. young, forever young. I'm forever never getting, young. no. I'm always going to be keeping up. <laughs> that already just made me sound like really old and uncool, so no. Yeah, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'm just curious. Is there, were you always from a young age, like adoption is what I want? I think so. It's kind of inevitable. I'm adopted. My little sister's adopted. My cousin's adopted. Like, what do you mean? Like, everyone should be adopting. Adopt the fucking child. Mm-hmm. Right. Just adopt them. I don't know. I don't know what, but you know what I mean? It's like adopt a dog. It's like adopt a child, you know? Um, right. So, and then I guess now, like now when I actually think about it and know more, a lot more about birth and all that stuff, like I watch birth videos like too much actually because I'm so intrigued about this like crazy miracle that we can do. Like, I know. Insane. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't no. know. So my sister, my sister just had a baby. He's like the cutest little bean I've ever seen in my life. But after she told me the birthing process, I was was like, no, nope, nope. I've always felt that way. You're preaching to the choir, my friend. Like we. Yeah, it's it's really scary. And I under like you see and like you just go through and then they do it again and they do it again. And you're just like, wow, like women are like, just, you can't have anything more powerful. I'm sorry. Like I just, you cannot. It's no. insane. So true. So. Well, we really hope that like the funds come in. We'll see. I don't it's know. Gonna I, don't know going. I don't know, but. <laughs> I feel like things, when we're in like those lost periods, that's when like things start kind of like forming and it feels messy but then like some something's like sparking you know what I mean like it's kind of an exciting time when you're like what the fuck is going on oh right yeah I hope so thank you yeah just like her in a little like baggy t-shirt I can't like I cannot 
Well, I was going to say, you kind of remind me of Kehlani a little bit. Like, obviously, like, the tattoos and stuff, but also just, like, your style and your vibe. Um, and Kehlani is, like, a young mom with the coolest little girl ever. Like, every time she posts a photo, she's just, like, cool and, like, stylish and the best kid ever. So that could be you. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for spending this time with us. This was so fun. And, like, we really appreciate you taking, like, a big block of time to just, like, discuss your life because we dove into some like pretty personal stuff and that's what we like to do like we just like to bring a lot of vulnerability to our listeners because like that's what they love the most and that's what we love the most but for anyone listening who is BIPOC queer like wants to be a content creator or in front of the camera anything that like you embody do you have any like words of wisdom for them or advice um you just have to do it the doing part is actually a thing. There can be a lot of talk, but you just got to do it. And the second part, or honestly, maybe probably the first part is like, you have to be you. You have to be you. But that that's the only way you're going to get what you need out of it. You, know, yeah. you could do it the other way if you don't want to be you, but to get whatever you need to be fulfilled, it's got to be out of whatever you bring. Mm-hmm. It's got to be authentic. Yes. Right? I, I think so. I think that's where like true success can really come in. Like, cause people can see that too, I think, and like resonate the more authentic you are. So, and you clearly have that for real. So. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it. This is really nice. Um, thank you for inviting me. Is there anything going on that you, that you're like excited about that you want people to know about? Oh, um, no, you can kind of see it, but we just won't talk about it yet. But um we're trying to do another project I don't know I get very much in my head and like it might just come down to me like applying on LinkedIn to get a freaking job but um it'll be on my personal Instagram if anything <gasps> Ooh, we're getting like a sneak peek but not really a sneak peek exciting <laughs> okay I'm gonna make a guess that it has something to do with clothing most likely. <laughs> Sarah, that is such a good guess. I am so proud of you. Guys, you can't see Melina, but she's literally sitting in front, like, in front of like a bunch of clothes. And then she like gestured to the clothes. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. Wonder. I wonder what well, it could Let be. me put two and two together. <laughs> I asked on my social like what people would think my project was. And they all guessed it was something around clothes. I'm like, isn't that obvious? Like, it's just like, I just wasn't thinking. I honestly thought it was going to be different, but. Yeah, I mean, your your style content, like I said, it like, you can tell you really love it. Like, that's this, when I was creeping you, that was the stuff that I was like, I love this. Like, I love, like, when people put cool outfits together and they just, like, rock it. I also love when creators will be like, what do you think? Like, this shirt or this shirt? And you feel like you're interacting even though you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, choose the black one. And then you chose the black one. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I know. I absolutely agree. Guys, follow Melina. Follow her. Send her uh, money to the GoFundMe for her to adopt. Stop. Don't do it. They're going to think I'm crazy. I'm getting. I'm getting crazy. <laughs> the rollout song for this interview should be You Drive Me Crazy by Britney Spears. Perfection. <laughs> I, done. Locked in. Uh, Melina, if you can't tell, I don't even know if you can see, but I'm like just a, I'm just like a tiny Britney fan. Well, how can we not be? Yeah, she's like hiding behind a plant. She's hiding behind a plant right now, but she's there. She's there. Rolling Stone cover.
Okay, Sarah, my girl, that was such a lovely conversation. How do you feel right now? I feel great. I love connecting with people on this podcast, and Melina was so awesome. So I feel fabulous. How do you feel? I feel great. And honestly, that's one of my most favorite things about this pod is even like getting this opportunity to connect with people like that. I mean, we did talk about this a little bit in the episode, but I literally just found Melina on TikTok and was like, hi, love your style. Do you want to be on the podcast? And I'm just really grateful that she was even like, yes, I'm so down. It's cool. I love meeting people in the community and getting to know people's stories. Just love that part about the whole process. Yeah. And I love yes people. The fact that she just like went blindly into this interview and it was her first podcast interview ever. And she was like, sure, let's do it. And she was just like so real and didn't sugarcoat anything. I really appreciate that. So Melina, you're the bomb. Hopefully we can have you back on. Yes. Come back anytime. It is the year of yes, according to Shonda Rhimes. So. Oh, oh, this is the year of yes. Okay. I like that. Maybe it should be. I think the year of yes should be every year. Okay. Yes, I agree. Yes. 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 We. So when I ask you to marry me, you'll have to say. Yes. (laughs) With so much trepidation. Your face literally went dark. You were like, yes. As long as our uh, wedding song can be. (laughs) Hmm. What would it even be? I always thought it'd be cute if my wedding song was my parents' wedding song. Which no one will know because it was like an 80s power ballad. Maybe we can play it right here for a second. It's it's super 80s and amazing. Dream Come True by Frozen Ghost. So if you want to find it and put in the, the chorus, especially at the end, it's amazing, really 80s. And it just, it's perfect. And that's what I would want my wedding song to be. So that, you know, we have to go with what I want. And therefore, that would be our wedding song. That's very selfish of you. But you know what? Because you're the love of my life and I respect your parents and I love your parents. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. If Jackie and Dave were listening to this and heard you saying you don't want Dream Come True by Frozen Ghost, I mean, it's going to be tough with the in-laws. But what if I want it to be um, No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande? Is this a segue? Yes, it is. (laughs) imagine us slow dancing to no tears left to cry but like a ballad i know isn't it kind of like a breakup song too (laughs) well it's like a sing it's like a single i'm single now i don't have any tears left to cry right or because i found my love i have no tears left to cry okay that's cute i like that because you know Um, what but no (laughs) because i always interpreted it because if i'm gonna be real when i heard no tears left to cry for the first time i know ari was dating or engaged to pete during that album so to me i interpreted it like she's with pete and she's happy so she's got no tears left to cry that might be it um but we're gonna dance to dream come true by frozen ghost so mashup yeah let's do a mashup okay that's what you should insert here your own dj Percy P mashup of those two songs. There has been a technical difficulty. <laughs> but Persis, why why would you choose to bring up Ariana Grande at a time like this? Well, why would I not bring up Ariana Grande? That's true. 
Well, Sarah, there is actually some news regarding Miss Ariana. So Ariana Grande has pledged to match up to $1.5 million in donations to LGBTQ advocacy groups to help counter the wave of anti-trans bills circulating through state legislatures. Yeah, because guys, we've been talking about a lot of the bills that have been happening, like on top of the don't say gay bill, um, the bill um, that passed in Texas that wouldn't let trans kids play sports. We talked about this with our guest, um, Angel Joy Flores, when she came on. Um, And if you haven't heard, uh, Oklahoma and Arizona also just passed bills that will prevent transgender women and girls from competing in women's sports. So it's happening across several state legislatures. And um, it's really scary uh, because it's a big problem to tackle like it's the law and you need you need funds to organize the community to um fight these types of um legislatures and so like this donation from ariana is truly beneficial it's it's a really really big deal so we just as we as sarah just said like this is like a really really tough um situation to be in especially when a lot of it does come down to money and so to have someone who you know has that money like as big as ariana grande is absolutely loved by the queer community ariana is probably one of the like in this generation of pop stars is very very loved by the lgbtq community and i know her brother frankie is gay and So Sarah and I were actually just talking to, we would probably call Ariana an ally, but at the same time, we also don't really know her sexuality. So yeah, we don't know how she identifies, but Persis was telling me there's a song called, insert title here, Monopoly. Yeah. So she has the song Monopoly featuring Victoria Monet and Victoria Monet has been open about her sexuality. Like just on Twitter, she just said to people, I like girls also, by the way, kind of thing. And Ari said um she doesn't label her sexuality but the reason why people were talking about this is because in the song monopoly the two of them sing about liking women and men like literally the lyric is i like women and men a solo by persis abraham i when that song came out i remember i was like vibing i, I liked died it and went to heaven yeah and i was also like is this ariana just coming to sweep me off my little feet pretty much and she also has little feet. So that'd be cute. You guys could have like little feet together. Oh, yeah. I think Ari's only like 5'2". God, you guys would just be like two little meatballs, like Snooki and JWoww. Or Snooki and Dina, sorry. Sorry, Jersey Shore fans. I feel like you were such a JWoww. I was definitely JWoww. Yeah. I was past tense M. But regardless of how Ariana identifies, because we're not going to assume anything here on this podcast, she is definitely an ally. And it's not just about donations. Like we talk about this a lot. Being an ally is not about like sending money to people. It's about so much more than that. It's about what you represent. And she has done so much for the queer community and she continues to show up in ways like this. And um, yeah, it's really beautiful to see people who are as famous as her um, trying to change what's happening because it's really scary. It is. And um, so I guess from Jan 1st to March 15th, state lawmakers proposed a record 
238 bills or more than three a day that would limit the rights of LGBTQ people. And half the bills are targeting transgender people. Half. So actually it was in honor of Transgender Day of Visibility, which wasn't that long ago, it was March 31st, where Ariana actually like took it to Instagram and she has like 302 million followers over here um, to raise money for 18 local LGBTQ organizations that are fighting the legislation. So Ari said, right now there are hundreds of disgraceful bills pending in state legislature that target trans youth and aim to curb their rights. This will provide critical funds to organizations advocating for the rights of trans youth. So this effort raised more than $454,000 and this was just this past Friday. And then she matched it. Yes. That's incredible. Um, we would really love any listeners who are um, activists who are organizing in their community or know someone um, who is organizing in their community. We would really love to have someone on to talk about like the actual nitty gritty logistics of what it means to be an activist inside these organizations and how these funds actually get put to use. Because sometimes I think when we hear like these big numbers, you know, like a million dollars donated to organizations. It's, it feels so big that it's hard to understand exactly how those dollars get put to work. Um, so I just think that it would be really great to talk to someone who's actually doing the work and to see how beneficial those dollars really are and how organizing is so much more than just getting a bunch of people together with signs and protesting. It's so much more than that. It's, it's to make real change. You have to, um, it's like a full-time gig. So if you guys know anyone, let us know. <laughs> and um, thank you, Ariana, for supporting the queer community. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Not next, because we, we still want to hear from you. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. I'm that proud is, of that. That's proud of I'm that. proud of that, too. That's probably your best moment today so far. Thank you. Wow. Not even anything from the Melina interview? Okay. No, yeah. The whole interview wasn't really your best moment. We can ask Melina. Yeah. Who did you like best? <laughs> we should ask all our guests. Who do you like more? Oh my God. Who's better? <laughs> Guys, if anyone is feeling, I know we're like joking around and stuff and we're celebrating the fact that all of this money is being donated and it's great news. But if you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the um, legislature being passed, you're not alone. Like, let's all talk about it. Let's educate ourselves. We're going to try and do as much education and awareness on this podcast as we can. Because I know I've already said this like three times, but it's really scary. And having like, when, like my best friend is queer and knowing that like, we're going backwards in terms of what my best friend could legally um, be able to do in her life. It's really scary as just a bystander here. And so I can only imagine like what the queer community is feeling. I just feel like it, it makes me really emotional, to be honest. It just, if anyone needs to talk, like we're here, yeah. <laughs> especially any of our listeners in the States, because we know that a lot of you guys live in the U.S., yeah. No, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think 
it's, it's scary because there's so many moments in my life where I'm like, this does not feel real. Like this does not feel real, but it is happening. And it is in fact very real. We're literally seeing news stories breaking out every day and all these like bills coming out. Even just those stats that like we're specifically targeting trans people specifically is really, really fucking scary. So um, yeah, like Sarah said, it is, it is dark times and we are definitely here to listen. We can like provide some support if we, in any way we can, or we can even like vent it out together because I know there's probably things like we want to get off our chest as well with our listeners who are definitely people that we want to like continue to build relationships with and build the community. And we want to amplify voices as much as possible. So yeah, like we said earlier, if there's anyone in, in, um, any queer people out there that you think that should have a platform to speak. We have this tiny little corner of the internet and we would love to talk to them and amplify their voice. So um, if you're listening and you identify with that or you know someone, please let us know. We love guest recos and we just love you guys so much. And we hope you know that like y'all are not alone. I know that we're far away from you and you've never met us in person. (laughs) But... We love you. Yeah, we really, really do. We really mean it. Truly. Truly, madly, deeply. I'll be a wish, I'll be a wish, I'll be a fantasy. You just wanted to hear me sing. That was exactly why I did that. Wink. (laughs) Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink. Okay, well, I think we should play um, Ariana Thank You Next as we exit this episode. No questions asked. Ari, we love you too. And if you want to come on the podcast to talk about this, let us know. We're open to it. Like you, you might have to, we, we might have to do like a few pre-interviews to see if you're the right fit, but we're definitely open to it. Yeah. There's, there is a bit of a process to be on girl on girl. It's uh, we don't have to get into it now. Like I don't, I don't need to like say it live on the pod, but I'm, I'm just warning you. Like there's just a bit of a, let's just say like some security measures detailing detailing um yeah like sarah said we just need to make sure you're a good fit like you probably will be but um you can never be so sure it's the internet you know yeah totally and and i don't think she's really like proven herself to be like a worthy guest um so it might take some time even though we just dedicated a hole in case you missed it to her look at what you taught me